We're going to start with our scripture for this evening. It's going to be in John chapter 12, verses 12 and most of 13. It says, the next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this chance to just come together in your name, under your watchful eye. We thank you for all that you're doing within this building and outside these walls where the true ministry is, Lord. We ask you to open our hearts tonight. Let us see new words of scripture that may affect us in different ways. I ask you to soften our hearts and our minds and just be with us tonight. This evening is because of you and for you. It's your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So as we just read that Jesus is now on his way to Jerusalem to present himself as the Passover lamb. He knows what lies ahead for him. But I just want to imagine what he's walking into. This Passover event is a huge deal. There's not hundreds, not thousands, but millions of people there. Some people say it's 2.7, just to make you happy. Well, two to three million people were going to be in this area. Just imagine the sea of people there experiencing what is just about to happen. Some of them knowing exactly what's going to go on. Some of them completely clueless of who Jesus is and what is happening right now. Jesus is someone that usually avoided these crowded streets. True, he would go and preach and people would gather from all over and listen to him and then he would casually slip out the back door so no one would pay attention to him. But here we are now having Jesus enter the city with millions of people, all eyes on him. Finally coming to pass what has been written and talked about for so many years. And imagine that, that whole situation, walking into millions of people. I mean, I get this way inside Trader Joe's when there's like 50 people. You don't like crowds. Crowds suck. And you have to shuffle along and try to, to move your way. And you see people you don't really want to see, but you say hi. And that's the main reason why Jesus has gone into hiding pretty much. Because there are some people out there that have been instructed to take this man in and arrest him when they saw him. So why would you really want to be seen? His time wasn't ready yet. So... He usually went the back roads so he could just blend in. But now he's come front and center. And he allows his disciples to announce him as the Messiah. This beautiful moment. He's moving things toward his ultimate rejection by the religious leaders, putting the wheels into motion for the ultimate sacrifice that he is going to pay for us. So as we go back to, to verse 12, I want to set up what we're going to be reading. It said, a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God. And other translations, it says, Hosanna, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. I'm going to milk this triumphal entry one more time. So I want to show what... Jesus should have looked like entering the city limits.
So no, that's not actually Jesus. You guys are going to be sorry you came tonight. This is going to be it. <laughs> but this is the type of entrance that Jesus deserves. He deserves all the bells and whistles. He deserves people to have you know, flowers thrown at his feet. He deserves to have the oil poured over his feet. He deserves to walk in and everyone stop whatever they're doing and say, oh, hail, this is the man we have been waiting for. This is our Savior. He deserves the best entrance that we could ever give him. He deserves so much. But these people that believe in him do the best that they can. They're doing with what they have and what they got. And we read in the, the scripture, it says they drop palm branches down for him. They're just excited to be a part of this. So to them, it may seem like that is the amazing entrance. But Jesus deserves just everything there is. But the amazing thing is that people are coming up to worship Jesus in this moment. And that's the beautiful thing. When we get a chance to stop and just worship him, when we stop what we're doing, the moment that we notice his presence and worship him. Most of the faces that were in these millions of people recognized Jesus as something special. That's why they were flooding over there to see him from all different directions. They'd either heard of something he did or saw with their own eyes what he was capable of. And this crowd was excited. They were crying, Hosanna. And this isn't just a phrase. We kind of go through different ways. In the Old Testament, it is used as a way of saying, oh, save us. Hosanna, from that translation, means, oh, save us. The New Testament, we kind of use it as a, a term of praise, saying, yeah, Hosanna, yeah, you are. But this is a time where we're going back to the Old Testament. They are worshiping and saying a statement, oh, save us. We need you right now. We need you in our lives, Jesus. Thank you for, for coming. We know that this was written. We know this is talked about. Oh, save us. It says in Psalm 118, verse 25, Please, Lord, save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. They're making a statement knowing that Jesus is going to do something special. That he is there to be victorious. That he is there to battle on their behalf and be with them. The people that had crowded around have all stopped what they were doing to be in this exact moment. Some walked miles. Some gave the clothes off their back to put it down in front of him. Some ran and it got all dirty, just everything to be right where they were. To experience what was about to happen. Shouting at the top of their lungs, not caring what other people thought. Having their hands up, jumping up and down, not caring what other people said about them. Thinking and praising and just being lost in that moment. Every single thing of their being was right in that moment and in that beautiful place to be. That's a place that I want to be where we're able to come to worship and not hold back anymore. To put our hands up like no one's watching. To let him have all the praise that he deserves. To sing at the top of our lungs. 
to do a little dance if you're a good dancer. That's not my specialty. Shocking. To just do whatever we can to give him praise, whatever he's put on your heart to do. I just want us to all have that and let loose and just give everything to him. As he's entering these city limits, they're doing anything they can to worship him. I think that's beautiful. So they're lifting him up as he walked around. And this worship's a big point that I want to focus on tonight. I think this is one of the ones that we, we miss over some of our Easter seasons. Is that worship is key to this exact moment. Because they're lying down and giving everything they can for them. I think any time you're able to take clothes off and put it down so someone can walk over, what a shine of, sign of respect and love that is. To getting leafy greens and putting that down, then it's actually we're going to see so an animal can walk over them. That is true honor, respect, and love. So this worship is what I want to continue to look at. And it's in verse 95 that I think says it beautifully. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hand the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands form the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. An amazing time of worship where we're able to sing, kneel, dance, whatever it is. The point is that we are in awe of who Jesus is. And getting in that deep, deep relationship with him. So I want to know where we're at on this Worship front. I know so we have some amazing worshipers in here. So I want us to start peeling back some layers to see what we're going on with our first table talk. And it says, describe a time you really worship the Lord with exuberance. Has a time of worship ever overcome you with emotions? This could be in church singing hymnals. In the past, singing Christian songs, being in the car, singing, listening, studying. And worship isn't just music. I'm talking about reading the word, praying, whatever form of worship you have. I want us to just start, start talking about this with the people around your table and see how worship has affected your life. Go ahead. All right, we're going to come back together. It's such a... A beautiful thing when we're able to block everything else around us out and just have this connection with Jesus. I, th I believe that, that worship is one of the key areas that we, we may lose this in that we need to, to touch upon. And I think it's huge because I know this is what fueled me to continue moving along in my faith. Is there was a time where I actually tried to clear everyone else's voice out and just listen to the words being sung off, jumping into my head. And it was a random worship song that I've heard a million times. And suddenly something clicked inside my head where I was able to have a, a conversation and talk to Jesus 
Because there's a moment of totally worshiping him and just focusing on him. Letting us know that I was on the right path of what he wanted for me in my life. That's what we need to be able to just talk and listen. Not to what everyone else is saying, but just totally focus on Jesus. Amen. But I think this is huge for us. And I love talking. This is table talks, one of the biggest things that we do on Wednesday because we all have different stories and we've all encountered something different. So when we're able to hear a testimony of someone else that has a different form of worship, that it's worked in their lives, and you're able to hear, oh, maybe that's something I could try sometime. This is big. So don't dismiss what was said at the table. Totally bring it in and see what happens. So Jesus walking along, going into Jerusalem. How is he going to arrive? You saw my crazy made-up version of being a wrestler in mine. You saw a different wrestler on there. Well, let's see how Jesus decides to come in. And we have it up here on all, all four Gospels of how Jesus arrived. I wanted to see the difference of each one so we can kind of see the truth behind it. In Matthew, it says, Jesus sent two disciples ahead to get the donkey and a colt. Then the people threw garments in front of them as Jesus rode through. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus sent two disciples to get a young donkey. Then the people threw garments and leafy branches on the ground as Jesus rode in. In Luke, Jesus sent two disciples ahead to get the young colt. Then the people threw garments on the road ahead. And what we're reading tonight in John, the people took palm branches and threw them down as Jesus rode in. So a little different account in each gospel. They're all written by different people from different points of view. If you want to dig into it more, I encourage you to do that at home for homework. But I wanted to see how different people said that garments were thrown down. Others said leafy greens. I believe both were thrown down. So I wanted us to get a whole picture of why I'm saying the two. As we continue on through John chapter 12, verse 14 and 16. And it says, Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it. Fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Now why do we make such a huge deal year after year about this entrance? More importantly, why do we keep talking about this donkey? It actually shows a few things about Jesus. That he is fulfilling the prophecies that had been said long before are now coming to pass. He is starting to chain events that have been talked about for so long. That it's quickly become evidence that he is ready and he has the power to fulfill these prophecies that have been at hand. That's why they make that statement, Hosanna, oh save us. This is now time for Jesus to come into his glory. And if they remember that if they heard about these prophecies, let's go back to Zechariah where it writes about what is about to transpire in these life events. It says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. Yet he is humble, riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey's colt. He is victorious, he is righteous, and yet he remains humble. He is riding in on a donkey. 
One of the greatest proofs that we can use against an unbeliever or a skeptic are the facts of fulfilled prophecies at hand. No other book in the world has been so over-scrutinized and tried to be disproven, and every step of the way, the Bible is proven to be 100% true. Amen. Amen. When Jesus came the first time, he fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies. And most of them he had no control over, like when he was born, where, why, even the events of his death down to the minor details. So you can't just say it's a coincidence. This is the truth. This is what we get to live by. And I know it's true. And the exciting thing for us is that all these prophecies have come true. And eventually another prophecy is going to come true. And that's when Jesus returns. And that's something to be excited about. Amen? I'm excited about that. So back to this donkey. They're more than just these little creatures that hang out with green ogres. Donkeys are really, I love donkeys actually. They're really cute. I grew up next to a donkey. You could say that your neighbor is a donkey, but my actual neighbor was a donkey. You, you guys will get that later. I can't use the word in church. It goes along with donkey. But I love donkeys. They're cute. They're not noble, but they're really sturdy. And I got to say, they're pretty humble. You stand them next to a horse, and the horse thinks they're everything, and the little donkey's like, I'm good. Don't worry about me. So he's coming out on this very reliable, trustworthy, humble donkey. Our king of kings is arriving on a mini humble stallion. The Romans authorities were used, used to these kings and they were used to these great entrances, but never before could they imagine like, oh, this, this great king they're talking about is coming. Let's see what he's coming in on. Oh, a donkey. Okay. This guy's up to something. The red carpet for Jesus' entrance has been replaced with leafy greens and garments. No doubt some scoffed at this Jesus parade that was happening. Like, oh, here he, here's this weird guy coming. Some people doubting him the whole time. Here's this guy they keep talking about, but I don't, I don't understand what's so big about him. But at the same time, in this sea of people, there were people gathering that had been healed by Jesus. Some people that saw people being healed by Jesus. Some people that have lost hope but need hope. And some people are just needing saving in their lives. All these people were collecting seeing what was about to go on. And I think this is big for us to realize what's going on as well. I want to take us and picture ourselves there during this parade as Jesus walks through. As we evaluate our own heart, are we one of the skeptics looking at him? Are we someone deeply in need that needs healing or help? Would we drop everything and just rush to him, excited to, to be in this moment? These are reminders where we need to, to see where we are in our own life so we don't miss these moments with our Lord and Savior. They were looking for someone to save them, and Jesus is the only one who is able to do so. So I want to talk one more time for your table talk and make this extremely personal. 
So you guys are now transported into the crowd. You're a part of this Jesus parade that's happening. So when you face, you were facing a crowd, were you looking to Jesus to deliver you from something bad in your life? So you're standing there. Are you actively seeking Jesus to help you conquer something in your life? What do you need Jesus to save you from today? Or is there a family member or friend that's also in that crowd that you know on the top of your head that needs to see Jesus for who he truly is? You can pick whatever question you want to go through. You guys get a little bit of time. If you're going fast, go through a couple of them. But I want us in that moment just to make sure that we're not missing Jesus walking by. Go ahead. All right, we're going to come back together. It's important for us to take a look at this because I don't want us to be just faces in the crowd, not believing what's going on, missing what's at hand, missing eternity at stake for us. Looking at Jesus for all that he is able to do. We can't be a part-time Jesus follower. Can't be lukewarm. Can't be half in, half out. As faces in that crowd, as faces here tonight, we have to be completely all in for Jesus Christ and what he can do. And why should we do that? Because it's shown time and time who he is and what he's on board for. Showing that he's in our lives and he is for us. And yet, as he went through that parade, as he was walking in the town, some understood who he was. A lot were excited of who he was. And yet, a lot of those same faces are going to be the ones later on yelling to crucify him. The ones that were standing in awe maybe not knowing completely of who he is, maybe going back and forth, of they should relinquish control of everything. Is he, is he the right person to look for? Are the same people that are, can, can be condemning him to death? And I want to make sure that we're looking at him knowing exactly who he is. These people... We're there to worship. I'm not saying all of them wanted him to go away. I know there's many people there that were just, I'm, I'm the one. I know you came specifically for me. Save me. I am ready. That's us. We are ready for him. We need him, and I know we need him. And we're going to finish off our scripture with verses 17 through 19. It says, many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead. And they were telling others about it, that there was reason so many went out to meet him because they had heard about his miracles sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Many people saw Jesus do something amazing and unexplainable. And what did they do? They went to go tell people about it. They went to glorify our Lord and Savior to say, you know what? Something's happening. I saw something happen in someone's life. No one else did it. It was Jesus. So they lift him up and they're glorifying him, the one that deserves to be glorified, the one that deserves to be prayed. 
Jesus Christ was being lifted up. And to those who may not know Jesus, they may not understand this. This may be a little shocking. And he even talks about the disciples going through this time where they didn't fully understand what was going on until he was glorified. And then it all started to make sense. The moment that we start to glorify Jesus Christ is the moment that we're going to start figuring it all out. The moment when we stop lifting ourselves up and start lifting him up and looking to him is when things are going to make a lot more sense. So we have to stop listening to ourselves, listening to other people, and listening to him. It's time to worship. It's time to take whatever we can and throw it at him. It's time to go down to our knees and praise him. It's time to stand up with reckless abandon and love him. It's time to give everything back to him because he deserves so much. Jesus is not a pharmacy where we just come in every once in a while and get a prescription filled up. We need to have deep, mature faith. We need to start believing what we're reading, believing what people are saying, and know who he is. That we continue talking to him through the good times and the bad, that we will always welcome him at any time of our lives. These people were looking for a savior. He came and they still missed it. Let's look for a savior. Let's embrace him and love him. And let's glorify him. Let's lift him up to the highest tops. Because I love what it says in verse 19 as we close it out. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. I want everyone to chase after Jesus. I want everyone to be looking at him. I never want them looking at a pastor. We're merely vessels. I don't want anyone lifting each other up like that. I want everyone to only put Jesus up on that pedestal. He deserves to have all the glory. And like I said, when we glorify him, our faith will make a lot more sense. So this is the time where we get to praise and worship him and love him. Let Jesus run wild in our lives. I encourage you guys, whether you're driving to work or the store, just worship him. As you're going to bed, pray with your spouse. Worship him. If you're waking up, say, thank you, God, for this blessing that I got the chance to wake up today and experience what's next in life. Worship him when you're hanging out with your friends, saying thank you for these friendships. Thank you for people I can depend on. Thank you for my family. And when we start getting a little more difficult, thank you for these hard situations I have to be in because, you know what, I have to look to you because you're the only one who can pull me out. And then on the other side, when we're praising, everything's going good, that's the moment we have to not think it's us doing all the good stuff. We have to look at Jesus because he's brought us to that moment. So let's worship him this next day, this next week, month, year, forever. Look for Jesus coming into our lives and let's lay it all down for him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. The most powerful and amazing being ever humbles himself on a donkey and walks in for us. As we see these events lining up that you're going to sacrifice your life for each and every one of us, Lord, we just need to look to you. 
For all questions that we have, we have to look to you for answers. For all dead ends we have, we have to look to you for direction. For every problem we have, we need to look to you for a solution. We need to be in relationship with you because you will make sense of everything going on in our lives. Let us listen to your voice only. And let us just block out the world and act like it's just you and us together every moment of the day that we're worshiping so we can listen to everything you say. It's your name we pray. All God's people said, amen.